good people, Jamila here. As promised, part two of episode three, 33 questions. Enjoy. Next question. Oh, I guess I'll let you pick, Kim. I'll let celebrity you pick. Hair. Celebrity pick. Okay. A celebrity pick by Kim Saru. All right. This next question is number 56, which is funny. It's my dad's age. <laughs> 56 falls into the pain category. Pain is only what you allow it to be. See Claire. So number 56, how do I perceive pain? A necessary evil. <laughs> you have to experience some type of pain to grow, be it physically, you know, growing pains, spiritually or emotionally. So that's how I perceive pain. Next. Number 43. 43 falls into the happiness category. Finally, something less morbid. Some positivity. No medicine cures what happiness cannot. Gabriel Garcia Marquez. Look that up, people, because I will be. So number 43. Um, excuse the door. That must be Lynn walking in. If I'm hard to please, how can I open myself to more thankfulness and gratitude? Shit, I don't know. I really don't. If I'm hard to please, I am because I am hard to please. You are hard to please. Um, opening myself to more thankfulness and gratitude is just reminding myself of... Um, the little things, right? Like maybe reminding myself that it could always be worse. Um, that uh, practicing groundfulness um, and just to always go through life with an attitude of gratitude and being thankful for the smallest things because um, sometimes um, you don't realize how good you have it in comparison to others so okay question i'm gonna go again let's see here oh we have lynn here lynn you get to pick a question for me go ahead celebrity pick we got my girl lynn here oh, we're also recording bt dubs yeah so, like, yeah it, no, it's for my pod just go ahead lynn okay. pick it pick pick a pick a number pick a pick a <laughs> Number for me, okay. okay. Do I read it? No, you don't. I oh. don't. <laughs> so Lynn's picked it for me. Let's see, let's see, let's see. Number 48, which falls into the um self-esteem category, finally. Oh my God, what the Back odds? to Siddhartha we go. So 48. Am I satisfied with myself or do I always feel the need to be better? Um, I think you can feel both. You can be satisfied with yourself and still feel the need to be better. So while I am satisfied with myself, I do see where I could be better and I plan to be better and do better. So yeah, that answers that. Okay. Next question. Number nine. Number nine is such an interesting number to me. Number nine is um, today would be a today, August 27th, seven plus two is nine. Number nine is also my best friend Sadia's line number. Animated nine. Shout out to Sadia, Pastor Alfred, my new age pastor, my spiritual advisor. Um, just my best friend overall. Um, so number nine falls into the love category. Of course, Kim, your ass would pick the love category. We accept the love we think we deserve. And I deserve a lot of it. Um, am I motivated by fear or love in my life? 
I think I'm motivated by by love. In this new year, I'm definitely motivated by love. Again, I stopped operating from fear because I realized fear isn't mo is fear is not motivational at all. Like you you can't be motivated by fear because it never works out. If you operate from fear, it means you're operating from the ego and you're letting that guide you, which in the end, although it may lead you to be successful in some stuff, but eventually it all comes crumbling down. So I am motivated by love. Um, everything I try to do now in life is with love. If I cook you a meal, best believe that meal was made with love. If I give you a gift, best believe that gift was given with love. So I try to do everything with love because that's how, um, you should live your life and that's, um, how you'll be rewarded by the universe. Um, operating from fear, eventually you do crash and burn. So I wouldn't recommend anyone operating from fear. Next question. Good job, John. Proud of you. <laughs> Thank you, Kimberly. These are, These are great questions. Um, number 18. How crazy is it that number 18 is nine times two? So, number 18. Which is about, it's in the self-love section. So the quote for the self-love section is, We rarely see ourselves as perfect, just the way we are. We often base our worth on who loves or doesn't love us. So the self-love question that Kimberly chose was number 18, which says, Do I always put my needs and desires last? If so, how does this affect me? I don't know, Kim. I don't, I don't understand this question. I mean, I understand it, but it's like, hmm. I put my needs and desires last. That's but not true because you said earlier, like eight questions ago, how today's the first day of your rest of your life because you felt like you were finally, don't roll your eyes at me, because you were finally making a decision and choosing yourself because you, how many people are always feeling like they have to be, do this for this job or like okay, all right. Well, remind me then, girl. Thank you. Again, here we go. A perfect friend that cr gives perfect criticism. And here I am accepting it and welcoming it. Thank you, Kimberly. Anyway, um, so I do sometimes, I do tend to put my, when it comes to my family, and it's something that I'm learning, it's a constant battle between loyalty to self and loyalty to the group. When it comes to those I love, especially my family, I do tend to drop everything and come running when they need me. Um, because I'm an empath, I will also, I don't feel somebody's, when I tell you I feel what you're saying or I feel what you're going through, I literally might as well be in your body feeling exactly what you're going through. So um, does that mean that sometimes I put my needs and desires last? Last? Yes, I do. Um, I, I'm... I sacrifice myself a lot, and Kim is right. Uh, up until now, I have been sacrificing myself a lot for the needs of my family or friends or whoever, or even for, like, a job that I'm not even, I don't even care for. So, yeah, um, and it affects me in different ways, right? Because, like I said, I feel like my glass is completely empty, and it's time to fill it back up, but fill it up for me instead of pouring into others. I need to be pouring into myself. So there you go, Kimberly. I hope that answers your question. All right, next question. 
Number 87. 87 falls into the, let's see here. 87 falls into the self-fulfillment category again. Here we go. Number question 87 says, am I satisfied with my accomplishments each day? Why or why not? Um, yes and no. Initially, um, looking back, like I said, I don't feel like I was living a fulfilled life, but when I look at my accomplishments, right, I was born in a very small, uh, countryside of the island of Boa Vista in Cape Verde. And... I left Cape Verde at four years old. Um, I think just me being here from surviving, you know, uh, being, um, leaving my country of birth, Cape Verde, then all of a sudden I find myself in the Netherlands living with my 19-year-old mother who was growing up right along with me, right? And she, like I said, I have a complicated relationship with my mom and we made a lot of, um, she, uh, growing up with her, like when I lived in the Netherlands, it wasn't always easy, you know, I've experienced um, from uh, witnessing family members being, you know, going through in a domestic abuse situation to, um, my mother and my mother, someone who is a gamble addict and having experience witnessing her go through her lows and super lows at a very young age where um, till this day, I still don't like casinos that much because all I remember is being five years old, sleep on the side of one of those little machines that I don't even know what they're called that rings and it, what's the machine called the, Where, slot, machine. the slot machine like I till this day the the sound of a slot machine is terrifying to me because all I remember is it'd be like three in the morning and my mom skeleton thin at this time because this was like the peak of her addiction um at a slot machine um me just literally asleep next to her like on by her foot and her just playing until morning as being in like a smoky bar. And I remember my mom clear as day, like she literally weighed at one point like 80 pounds and it's because her addiction would just, all she had was cigarettes, coffee and a slot machine. And I remember having to learn how to cook because for when I lived with my mom, she would also leave me home alone. Um, to go gamble and it was a moment where my mom would disappear for um, days on end. So to go from that to witnessing, like again, like I said, family members going through domestic abuse, uh, my mother's addiction, to then leave that country and come here where I was in there in Holland, I was the baby. And now I came to America and I lived with my father and I went from being the baby to the oldest and having to go through that transition. and having to live with somebody, with my dad, and almost like I have a complicated relationship with him as well, and us having gone through what we went through, um, I don't think, sometimes I didn't feel like I would even be able to go to college, you know? I don't think I would survive that, and just to be able to go to college and 
you know, immigrant parents have a way of motivating you that's really fucked up. Where they want to tell you, like, go be all you can be. Go be better than me, right? In college, their way of telling you, my dad's way of motivating us was, you're going to probably drop out after your first semester of college. So my way of battling that was to prove him wrong, right? Like, yeah, I'll show you. So I'm going, I'm going to go to college and I'm going to get good grades. And I'm going to slap my degree in your face. But at some point, and which caused me to accomplish a lot. Like I said, I got my degree. I graduated high school. I got my degree. I have a job. I participated in a statewide get out the vote campaign that I love to think that I played a role in getting Obama in office. But then I realized a lot of the stuff, my accomplishments came from that whole trying to trying to satisfy my immigrant parent, my immigrant father, just wanting to hear I'm proud of you from him. But it took a lot uh, to finally realize that I would never hear I'm proud of you come out of my father's mouth, but his actions will show it. Like, and that's just not in them, right? Like immigrant parents, they don't know, like, that's not they would, ne they will never, they will show you how proud of you they are. Mm -hmm. Like how they reward you. Their way of showing you love is with food. Hey, do you want something to eat? You know hey, what I'm like, saying? You like, you like this light? Or hey, do you like this light? I got this light bulb, this special light bulb for you. So that was my dad. My dad has never actually said, hey, I'm proud of you for going to college out of state in the middle of Ohio, being the only Verdean person, dealing with the culture shock and making it. My dad has never said that. And then, well, the minute I realized, like I had to look at my dad from... Instead of just a parent, but a human being perspective, it helped me forgive him for a lot of stuff, but it also helped me um, realize, like, I can't go through life doing accomplishments for my father. I need to do them for myself. So I'm satisfied with my accomplishments so far. I think just the fact that I'm able to be here in America, breathing, providing for myself after being on my own since I was 17, that's an accomplishment in its own. To have been on my own since I was 17, finishing high school on my own self-motivation and going to college, that's an accomplishment. So I am satisfied with my accomplishments, but I feel like there's more to go to. And each day is an accomplishment to me. Even now, literally pulling myself from deep depression was is an accomplishment to me. Um, maintaining my heart open for... Love again is an accomplishment. So yeah, I'm satisfied with my accomplishment. Who Kim? That was deep. Next question. Question number eight, which falls back into the love category. Look, I'm getting so good. I already know this, Kim. Number eight. Bitch, you're really doing this to me, huh? Number eight. Am I in love with illusions and fantasies or truths and realities? I don't understand that question. What do you mean? What do you think that means? Am I in love with illusions and fantasies or truth and realities? I don't understand the question. I don't feel like answering it because I don't understand it. It's like you're making up. Do you, are you in love with that idea right. of like your version of what love means? Or do you actually take the love for what it is and as it presents itself? I think initially when it presents itself, I'm somebody who fantasizes a lot. And I, I do fall in love with illusion and fantasies that I've created in my head, right? Like my plans, like 
Yo, my nigga, if you say, like, I would plan a whole wedding in my head because my Venus is in Scorpio. So I'm a very passionate, look at Lynn over here celebrating because she's a Scorpio. I'm a very passionate lover. And literally, um, so I do create, like, in, in my mind, this illusion and these fantasies, and I fall deeply in love with it. But the minute I realize shit ain't going the way it's going for me, like, the, the worst position for you to be in as somebody who's a love interest of mine is to get me to the position where it's not hate, it's not love, it's indifference. Because that's when I start coming down into truth and reality and I start seeing you for who you are, who you've shown me. Because I like to give lovers enough rope to hang themselves. So after a while of telling you what I expect and trying to have this conversation with you and explaining to you what you've done that, that I consider disrespectful to me or I consider hurtful to me, after I've said that to you and we've had conversations and then it seems like patterns of behavior are being repeated, then I instantly jump out of it and I go into the truth and reality of situations. So once I start looking at truth and reality and it comes down to, yo, I really ain't fitting in, like this really does not fit into my illusion or my fantasy or my idea of love, I do tend to check out and it'll be quick, like to the point where a lot of times if it's a guy that I'm interested in, he'll wonder like, damn, did she even really like me? Because I'm very warm, I'm very upfront because of my Venus being in, in, in Scorpio. I'm very passionate. But the minute that passion dies down and it be because I feel like what I'm giving more than I'm receiving, oh, it's a wrap. <laughs> so, good question though, Kim, good question. Yeah, so initially I start in love with my illusions and ideas of love and then I sink into reality and shit. And that's when shit gets real. So it either gets real where we're able to go over this hurdle of misunderstanding, miscommunication, and each other's love languages not being fully understood, or if it gets real and, um, and real truthful where I'm over you and I'm done with it. So yeah. Next question. Look at hour and a half show, you got. Number 97. My baby sister's year of birth. Ooh, For those who don't know, Kalila is my baby sister, more like my child. I love that little girl. I say little girl, but she's really 22 years old and grown as fuck. So in but, honor of Kalila, <coughs> in honor of, number seven, 97. Number, so Kim chose 97 in honor of Kalila because she knows I am obsessed with my baby sister. She doesn't think I'm cool enough to hang with her sometimes, but I love that girl. Like, as if she's my child. So, Kalila's like my first child. Um, so, number 97. The wisdom section, which is interesting. Because the year 97, my baby sister, although she's, um, she's a generation, what is that, Z? Generation mm -hmm. Z? She's wise beyond her years. Anyone that's ever had a conversation with Kalila realizes really quickly just how wise she is. Wise she is. And you think she's older than what she really is. And I think it's because I'm 11 years older than her. And then my other sister, Tiffany, is seven years older than her. So Kalila's always been surrounded by people way more years older than her than what she is. So I think that's where her wisdom comes from. And also, she just has a really old soul. So in honor of my baby sis, number 97, in the wisdom section, which I haven't gotten yet, 
which says, the quote from an anonymous person says, it's better to know some of the questions than all of the answers. So fucking true. Um, which my therapist yesterday was saying me, telling me like, you need to ask yourself, you need to figure out what questions do you want answered. Isn't that crazy? It all ties back in. So number 97, do I listen more than I speak? You, B-I-T-C-H, Kim, you asshole. I think I'm that little baby that doesn't listen. Um, it will literally, sometimes it does take, I get into the zone of I'm right, you're wrong, and that's it, which is really a toxic trait of mine that I'm working on. Um, so no, I don't listen more than I speak, although the goal is for me to get to a point where I listen more than I speak. But it literally, sometimes will literally take for somebody to be like, Jamila, shut the fuck up and listen. Like for me to perk up and be like, all right, you know what I'm saying? So that's. Unfortunately, yeah, no, I don't listen more than I speak. Um, I think I've gotten way better at it, but it's, it's a, I'm a work in progress. It's something that I'm consistently working on, listening more than speaking. Because a lot of times, in a lot of my relationships, in love and friendship, um, a lot of outcomes that were left for me could have gone differently had I just shut the fuck up and listened fully before I said anything or before I reacted. So... Yeah, you know, no, I don't always listen more than I speak. I, I think I'm listening more now, but I'm still speaking. But I'm, I'm trying to find the balance. You know, I am a reformed toxic chick. Sometimes the toxicity, the little bits that, that are left will come out from time to time. So anyway. All right. I feel like this number's been sticking out to me, so I'm just going to pull it out. Number 16, sweet 16, which is funny because I turned 30 in 2016. Um... Number 16 goes back to the self-love section, which um, the question is, am I self-deprecating and or self-destructive? I think I'm more self-destructive than I am self-deprecating. What do you think, Kim? I don't even think that needs an explanation. I do get self-destructive when I get into being depressed or even my anger issues can be very self-destructive. Or even when I realize like I'm getting too close to someone, um, if I really like someone and I realize like I've let them in way more than I intended to let them in into getting to know me or I start to realize, oh my God, like I really like this person more than I feel like I should, which I don't know why, I'll, I tend to go into this mode of doing some self-destructive things. So I'm more self-destructive when I do get to that point than I am self-deprecating, -depre whatever the word is, depreciating. Depreciating, depreciating sorry. Next. Oh, we're getting there. 1995. I mean, number 95, which goes back to... Which one? Wisdom. Wisdom! No, it's not. It's not wisdom. It's self-fulfillment. Can I find my self-fulfillment right now? If not, am I looking in the wrong place for happiness? I think, yes, I can find my self-fulfillment right now. And I know it's funny how people say, like, you have your 20s to live out loud. Like, I feel like your 30s, like your late 20s to beginning of your 30s is... Um, 
way more fun than your 20s. I believe it because it's like, I don't know about anybody else, but I feel like I have self-fulfillment right now with how secure I am and who I am, what I want, what I don't want, um, where, what direction I'm going in. So I feel all those things give me fulfillment. So, um, and I don't think I'm looking in, I'm looking in the wrong place for happiness because I know the happiness has to come from within. Because one thing I've learned is that I can't put my happiness on somebody else or something else. Because if I, if I chase that, I'm never fully going to be happy because I'm not happy with myself. So the first step into finding happiness starts with you. Starts with numero uno. So yeah, number 95. All right, next. 98. Let's see here, 98. The year I graduated fifth grade. Damn, I am old. Goes back to wisdom. Did I graduate fifth grade? No, I graduated in 97. No, it was 98. Do I let my ego get in the way of how I see, listen to, and value other people? God damn, how many times do I have to drag myself on this episode? Yes, I do sometimes let my ego get in the way of how I see and I listen to and value other people. Just because, again, it's a constant battle. And, you know, I'm woman enough to own that. Yeah, I do let my ego get in the way, but I'm also woman enough that when I'm wrong, I do be like, as I don't like it, but I will say, you know, I'm wrong and I apologize or for whatever the case may be. So my while I do let my ego get in the way, I never let my ego get too ahead of itself where, you know, or for those who, who've listened to prior episodes, as you know, the name of my ego is Gina. I never let Gina run so wild that I can't own where I was wrong in a situation. It might take me a day or two. Um, but if, if I am wrong, I definitely am somebody who owns up to being wrong, and I do apologize. And I don't think my Gina's ever too big to apologize. So, yeah. Next question. I feel like we're finally getting through these questions. Number 101. So we're staying in the wisdom section. Is questioning myself, other people, and the world a big part of my life? Why or why not? Definitely a big part of my life. Um, when I find myself about to have like an emotional meltdown or um, I'm not so sure, there are questions that I ask myself, especially if I find myself in a fucked up situation. I always ask like, what is this? Which I think is the running theme amongst most of my friends. Like, what is this trying to teach me? And I, it's, it's also a way to remain grounded and remain present and being mindful. So if I find myself in a messed up situation, I always want to go, what's the lesson here? What did I do? Not to say that I deserve it, but what did I do to get this outcome? And how do I get myself out of it? Or even with people and what I meditate and I'm asking for discernment on whether I keep someone in my life or not. If I really want to know, I always meditate and pray. And then I say, God, send me a sign I can't ignore. And almost always, I've always gotten a sign I can't ignore. And then what I've learned also with operating from the ego, from Gina, if I choose to ignore that sign and I carry on, then it's like God will be like, oh, so that's what we do. We ignore red flags and the red flags or the alarm gets, the red flags get bigger and bigger. The alarm 
the sound of the alarm in your head, like ring the alarm, gets louder and louder. So if it's somebody I'm dealing with that I know I have no business dealing with, or if someone that I asked the universe and God for sign um, to show me that if this person's meant to be, if, if I'm meant to let go of this person, let them go on their way, show me a sign I can't ignore. If I ignore that sign, say it's somebody that's been, that's disrespected me before, that level of disrespect gets bigger and bigger until it's like a fucked up situation that it absolutely cannot be ignored. So what I've learned the hard way through my 20s is that you do not ignore the signs because then if you ignore them, the more, the bigger they get and the harder they become to ignore. So yeah. Next. Damn, this might be the longest episode ever, but whatever, it's worth it. We're doing good. We're doing good. Number 59. So number 59 takes us back to the question of pain. Um, number 59. Is my pain an unconscious reaction to something happening in my life? I believe so. I think everything um, is a choice. And I think the pain goes back to whatever deep-rooted uh, issues with we've talked about this before Kim healing your inner child and experiencing that little death of ego so I think whatever pain um, I go through and then another thing that people don't know is that sometimes that that unconscious pain or spiritual pain emotional pain you feel starts manifesting as physical disease so um, you want to make sure you're always in tune with your mind body and spirit at all times because when you don't and un unconsciously you're reacting to things, no, you're, you're emotionally reacting or physically reacting, emotionally reacting to things from your unconscious perspective, be it a wounded inner child, pretty slowly if you ignore it, it also starts manifesting as disease and anxiety, um, heart conditions. A lot of times people can really die of a broken heart and that's something that kind of made me, that was one of the things that kind of helped me come back to reality almost and realize, yo, you got to get up out of this bed. You got to shake this grief off of you. So, um, that was question 59. Next question. Let me just go for it. Oh, three at once. So I'm going to be answering them consecutively. So the first one is here. Question. Fire off. Like just boom, boom, boom. Fire round. Right. The spirit just wanted me to do a fire round so I could wrap this up. So number 78 comes from the section of hate. Which, remember, hatred is the coward's revenge for being intimidated. Um, number 78. Do I hate more easily than love? Why? I think I love more easily than I hate. And because of that, when I'm hurt by those I love, for that brief moment of rage, it becomes pure hatred before I'm able to like talk myself, ask myself the questions to talk myself down. So, because I love as hard as I do, and I love easily, my disdain and dislike to somebody I love who's hurt me is immense. And if I sometimes go with Gina, I'd be in jail. Mm -hmm. So, next question. Remember, this is my fire round that Spirit wants me to do. 63, my dad's year of birth. Shout out to Milkar, he made a legend. Um, which is in the pain category, which is interesting because... Do I accept pain as a natural part of life? Again, yes, I do, because you have to go through it, like growing pains, emotional pain, um, 
mental pain, spiritual pain. If you don't go through pain, not to say that you should always have to experience pain before you experience pleasure, but sometimes some pain is necessary is a necessary evil. Or some pain is necessary for you to grow. So yeah, boom. Next question from the fire round. <laughs> Number 41. Number 41 falls into... Do I easily become happy or does it take a lot to make me happy? I think I'm easily happy. I think the smallest shit makes me happy. Like, um, somebody knowing just how I like my coffee. That shit brings me immense joy. Just bringing me coffee brings me immense joy um knowing that i love like one of my favorite flowers are sunflowers yo you bring me flowers though in general i love getting flowers i love like i love it, it could be fucking dandelions just the mere fact that somebody found it in them to give me flowers and i, I mean literally give me my flowers while i'm alive but physical flowers i i turn to mush or crystals. So if you, I like like paying attention to the little stuff that I like easily. I'm easily happy. It doesn't take much to make me happy. So yeah. Next question. Uh, another one. Let's see. Number fifty-five, which goes into the self-esteem category. Um, am I overly critical of other people? think I'm overly critical of other people. Straightforward. I'm, I'm very direct. Like, I don't let you guess. You don't have to guess where you stand with me because I'll let you know. Does that, is that, to some people, do they consider that overly critical? I guess so, but I don't think I'm overly critical of people. I think I'm um, a pretty good judge of character. And my critique is me trying to find process where do i place you or should i even um allow you to be in my circle so yeah i don't think i'm overly critical of other people because i'm very accepting until you fucking screw me over but whatever anyway number 71 my mom's year of birth 1971 um let's see so number 71 goes back to death when i think of dying what words do i use what do they say about my perception of death well, okay, Kimberly, come back. I want you to answer what do you what do you have to say of my perception of death? Come over here. Because it says, what do they say about my perception of death? So you being they, come on ahead and tell me what you think my perception of death is. Okay. I feel like right now in the state of mind that you've been and the kind of circumstances that have been happening, you're your perception what words would you use i mean the words that i use is the veil the other side of the veil um the other realm i think i say that a lot and i just say like you know how i was just telling you the other day like i wish i could just walk into a closet and open the other mm -hmm. end of it and just walk right into aaron's arms yeah you um, think of it as something welcoming yeah not in a suicidal way nobody go calling the suicide line mm -hmm. I'm, I'm actually fine but yeah you said it is, so yeah, so yeah. welcoming. All right, next. With open arms. Yeah. Next question. We're almost done, guys. We're almost there. Number 22. 
I just want to say real quick before I answer this question, if you're still listening, thank you very you're much. You're going to have to split this into two episodes. Um, if you're still listening, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Um, whew, yeah, this is a lot. I might have to split it into two episodes like Kim said, but yeah. Number 22. Number 22 falls into the... Um, mindfulness section. How are, how aware of my thoughts and emotions and surroundings am I during the day? I think I'm very aware of my thoughts and emotions and my surroundings. Um, when I feel like I'm spiraling or if I'm having a moment, I definitely, um, try to, um, ask again. It goes back to asking myself questions to kind of ground and bring me myself back into the moment and bringing myself back to what am I feeling? Why am I feeling this way? Instead of trying to let it overcome me or overwhelm me. So, yeah. Next question. Number 38, which falls into happiness category. Finally, something light. <laughs> Am I happy with myself? Why or why not? I am extremely happy with myself because it took a lot of work. It took a lot of being vulnerable with myself. It took a lot of conversations in front of the mirror with myself. It took a lot of me having to take ownership of my fuck-ups, ownership of um, flaws, ownership of, um, of... just taking accountability. It's taking, it's taking me taking accountability for a lot of my toxic traits and toxic ways and, and um, for me to be where I'm at right now today. So, yes, hell yeah. I'm very happy with myself and where I'm at right now, and I look forward to where I'm going. Next. You know what? This question's been sticking out. Number 76. Let's see. What the spirit wants for 76? Which is, goes back to hate. Jesus Christ, it's heavy. <laughs> what is the biggest thing that provokes me to anger? Why? Again, the biggest thing that provokes me to anger, like I said, it, it goes back to my inner wounded child. My w- wounded inner child, which is being told something. That somebody's going to do something for me. Or moving forward, they understand that this thing upset me. And they're not going to do it anymore. And then they turn around and do it. I view it as the... Big, the ultimate, the ultimate disrespect to me is for me to take the time out to explain to you what you did, why it hurt my feelings, why I felt the way I did, for us to have a whole discussion about it, only for you to turn around and do it again. Like, that's the ultimate disrespect for me. So, um, that will provoke me to anger, along with, I do have a tendency to be a bit possessive, Kim. <laughs> a bit? Not possessive, I don't like that word. A bit territorial. So what will provoke me to anger is feeling like I'm sharing, like somebody sharing something that is mine, which I learned that people aren't to be possessed, but whatever. It's a, it's a constant, that's my battle right now is learning how not to be so territorial. Where I feel like, like I, I was telling, I was joking the other day and I said, some, like my, my possessiveness causes me to be angry at the fact that there's some bitch out there breathing the same air as, like, if I'm in a relationship, I don't want chicks breathing the same air as my man. And I know, of course, it's unreasonable, it's irrational, but 
that just to explain the level of territorialness that I have sometimes, but it's something that I talk myself down from. And But I think right now what would provoke me to be angry is when I tell you all what's, what I expect or how I move and um, how I expect to be treated by anybody. And then especially to be done the, for the opposite to happen, right? It'll trigger my anger. And then if I'm met with like, say I get into it with someone and I tell them like, yo, you pissed me off, blah, 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 this is what you did. And then that person doesn't even acknowledge it and tries to act like shit sweet. That, that will provoke my anger too. Or mess with my family. Like, yo, touch anybody in my circle, physically, emotionally, mess with my family and I will come after you with claws fully out. Next question. Number 30, let's see. Number 30 falls into the... Uh, solitude. Whoa, new section. Finally, solitude, Kim. I feel like I haven't had this one in a while. Um, if you're lonely when you're alone, you're in bad company by Jean-Paul Sartre, whatever his name is. Number 30. Is solitude the same as loneliness to me? Why? Um, to me, solitude and loneliness are two very different things. I love being in solitude. Um, if you feel lonely... If you feel lonely, it's because there's something within you that you're not fulfilled with. So solitude and loneliness are not the same thing for me. It's completely different. Next question. Number 20. Back to self-love. Have I forgiven myself of my flaws, failures, and limitations? Absolutely. I've forgiven myself so much that I'm able to um, kind of talk about it and joke about my flaws and failures and limitations because... Um, I'm aware of them. I'm super aware. And, um, yeah, because of that, I'm, I, I think I've forgiven myself. I don't, I'm not as hard on myself as I used to be whenever I had a failure that I feel was my fault. So, yeah. Next question. Kim, you definitely did not pick three from each category. I did. How come solitude is the first time it's popping up? Number 28. Now is the time you mentioned Whatever. Oh, back to solitude. Okay, I talked shit too soon, Kim. <laughs> Which I often do, but whatever. Am I afraid of being alone? If so, what prevents me from facing myself? I'm not afraid of being alone. I think the fact that I'm not afraid of being alone and I'm so comfortable being alone is why I'm having issues uh, right now sometimes in uh, my journey into finding a life partner is because I'm not afraid of being alone sometimes causes my toxic traits to flare up. <laughs> 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 Next, number 25, shut up, Kim. Solitude again. Do I spend enough time by myself? Child. You're about to. Damn, bitch. I'm definitely about to spend. Uh, what I realize is I like being by myself. Do I spend enough time by myself? Depends on how you look at it. I think I do like being by myself, and I do spend a lot of time by myself, but I do tend to get into the moments where I get so into a vibe of hanging out with my friends that I'll like not be home for like four days, five days at a time. So yeah, but I do, I do like, I, I, I like spending time with myself and I think I do need to spend some more time with, like I need to be more intentionally spending time 
by myself. But um, it's not that I have an issue with it. Like, I would be absolutely fine um, by myself. So that sums up the 33 questions to ask about your life. Um, I think I like this segment, Kim, and I think I'm going to incorporate it into my um, episodes where if I have a guest, I'm going to have them pull questions from the questions about life. And maybe I'll, like, mix it up where I'll have, like, three from each section and they, you know, or whatever they'll pull out. I'll figure out a way to incorporate I this. I want to do it. I yeah. I want to do it, too. Thank you, guys, for tuning in. Once again, this is Jamila, um, also known as Mystic Wild Child on Instagram. If you're not, please remember to follow um, my Instagram page for the pod, Musings of a Mystic podcast um, on IG. I hope you enjoyed this segment. It is longer than my usual episodes. Um, but yeah, I hope you had fun. I hope you learned something about me that you didn't know before. And if you have any questions, feel free to DM me some questions you'd like me to answer about myself. Because that's another thing. I posted on my story to ask me some questions. A lot of y'all just hit like on the post or just ignore the story and never bothered asking me some questions, which caused me to Google these questions. But yeah, um, thank you for tuning in. I appreciate all the love and support. Um, I hope uh, I'm, I hope you guys are learning something and I hope um, I'm teaching you all wherever your journey whatever journey you're on in your spiritual journey that you've I've dropped some type of gem that you can pick up thank you good night